it's just Jersey, man. We're a different breed. Please, who doesn't want to win in Jersey? And the Scarlet Knights did not have a national champion before tonight, and it's all you times two. What's going on, everybody? We are back. Break down at the barn. We had a little two weeks out with us there, but we're ready to go. Big 10 weekend coming up. I'm excited. With me, as always, is my main man, Eric Winnell. Eric, how you making out, man? Making out good. I got my Big Ten championship uh, T-shirt from uh, last season we hosted. So just getting in the Big Ten mindset, my man. Nice, man. Nice. So I'm looking forward to this. Um, you know, why don't we um, just stick through, go through these weights, see if there's anything notable. I mean, uh, let's go through weight by weight. 125. You know, uh, Dylan uh, Shaver got the got the nod. And he got it over Aguilar. That was a big question coming in. He comes in at the 13th seed. He's going to be taking on uh, Patrick McKee first round. He has a tough task for him, eight qualifiers at this weight. What do you think of his chances? What do you think of 125? Yeah, so before I get to 125, let's just take a step back, John, and just look how the overall tournament shakes out. So Big Ten always gets the most automatic qualifiers of most conferences, no different this year. So pretty much every weight class is going to have eight automatic qualifiers. 149 gets seven. I believe we get about six at 197, seven at heavyweight. So I think that pretty much breaks that down. So for the most part, you're going to have a lot of qualifiers here. With that said, the, the tough thing about 25 is, is Dylan, we knew was going to be the future. He was a really good recruit for us. Um, really confident in this guy long-term. The problem is he's, he's a, he's a question mark with, with this weight class and getting a guy like Patrick McKee in, in your first round. That's what happens when he really haven't had a resume all year. So it's going to be tough to get out of that first round, which means he has to wrestle back and somehow fall into the top eight. If he does not get in the top eight, I think there's very little chance he's going to get an at-large bid. He just doesn't have the resume, true freshman. So this is really a case, John, of the fact that we started the season. Were we going to have Nick Soriano? Didn't happen. We felt good about Aguilar. Listen, he's, he's a returning national qualifier, good recruit. He just kind of had trouble this year. I think the coach made the decision, let's go with Shaver. And, you know, it's 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 going to be a shot in the dark. This is probably our lowest chance of getting an automatic qualifier. Obviously, 157, we're not having an entry. So, to me, anything's possible. I'm rooting for the guy, but it's going to be a tough get. Yeah, me too. When you look at this weight, we got Spencer Lee. He's, he's, he's a real deal. No one's touching him. But even after that, you just go down this weight, and there's just so many tough guys. You even look at this number 10 seed, Justin Cardini from Illinois is tough. 11 seed is Robert Howard from Penn yeah. State. We know he can make Robert some noise. So going down that weight class, there's just a lot of hammers in there. He's going to have to make something happen, put a couple wins together, get into that top eight. Uh, I'm moving for him too. I think it's a tall order for him. Yeah, and that's the last thing I'll say. And that's why it's not disrespectful to Dylan here. There's a high probability he gets knocked out in the first round by McKee. That means in the wrestlebacks, okay, you get a kid like Robbie Howard who comes out and gets a big win. And that's a kid who's got a potential to go on a two, three win tear, okay? He's got that pedigree, okay? Um, and the next thing you know, you're getting a top eight wrestler in the wrestlebacks, and then you're out, go home, and that's your season. So, again, Rutgers is rolling the dice here by going with Dylan Chauver. But to me, it's a coming out party. Let's see what you got, okay? I've seen crazier things, my man. Exactly, exactly. So now let's go to 133, 33. Um, we got Sammy Alvarez. This is a really tough weight in the in the Big Ten. He's the third seed. 
second seed whole game in the semifinals. Uh, Austin DeSanto, that's a match that I'm looking forward to. And number one seed here, Roman Bravo Young. I mean, this weight class is loaded. Uh, what do you think about Sammy's chances here? I mean, I think a no-brainer he goes. Um, but, you know, the thing with Sammy is could he compete with these other two guys? Um, that semifinal is going to be fun. So, so my take, John, is coming into this tournament, I think there's four wrestlers that I see as basically are basically at a 95% chance of, of qualifying, probably 100. I mean, Sammy and Seabass could basically medically default and still get, um, you, know, you know, a bid. So they're going, okay? Sammy's going, regardless of what happens here, okay? So two things. One, let's talk about the Rutgers program this year, which has just been an absolute unmitigated disaster of no fault of their own. Okay. You think of all the programs that have gotten hit by COVID and Rutgers, you got to put up there as maybe the top two or three programs that have gotten hit the hardest. These guys, John, have a wrestling in five weeks. Okay. Sammy, as it is, missed his first bout or two. He came in looking a little rusty. He hasn't really been tested this year, but at the same time, he really hasn't, he hasn't flashed that, that superstar status that we started to see last year. So to me, Sammy's going to get the automatic qualifier here. He's going to get a top eight finish. It's just how rusty is he and can he compete with the RBOIs and the, and the DeSantos of the world? And that's what I want to see. I'm really looking forward to Sammy going against DeSanto. I hope that matchup happens because that's what I want to see this weekend. But I've told you from the beginning, John, my pick for the whole thing, and I mean the Big Tens and for the national tournament is RBY. I think he's just on fire. I love his style. I love how he makes, as I said, he makes funk pretty. That's my guy here. But Sammy's going to make it. Um, I think the one thing we want to note here is Steven Michik. Um, and as many people who follow the sport know, Steven Michik is not going to compete this year. He's going to be medically defaulting. So that takes a one-two seat out of the equation here. So that makes it a little bit easier for these guys. But my question, John, is do we see Steve Michik come back at 25 years old for his, his eighth season? We know he took the two Olympic red shirts. He's taken basically a past year here. So does he come back or does he say the heck with it? I'm going to concentrate on international wrestling. I'm going to go wrestle for my home country. And it's time to move on my career. Yeah, I don't know. I, I can see him. I can see him coming back one more year with Michigan. Um, maybe on on an abbreviated schedule, just coming back and wrestling at the end of the year tournament. Um, don't see him coming back for a full season, but you never know. Um, again, I'm um, I'm looking forward to this Alvarez DeSanto match. I think that's absolutely just fire. They never wrestled before. We know they're both guys that they get into these funky scrambles and get into these situations. We know DeSanto, if there's one uh, kryptonite that he has, he does get frustrated on bottom. I think Sammy could Absolutely. Might, might be able to have a little bit of a shot there. He's tough on top. So I'm, I'm looking forward to this weight. That's, um, you know, that's a semifinal that I'm going to be tuned into. I can't wait for it. Um, and that's going to be a fun match. Yeah, and the only thing I'd add to that, why I like this matchup is just it's, it's two unique styles. Um, DeSanto likes to come in neutral. He comes at you. He comes at you. He likes to tie up, get his takedown, let you up, get your takedown, let up. Sammy and guys like RBY, they don't play that game. They're going to get into tie-ups. They're going to get into scrambles. They're going to get funky on you. And I can really <laughs> see that throwing um, DeSanto off and taking him out of his game. And we know one thing about DeSanto. When he gets taken out of his game, this kid could be a national champion and he could basically default out of the tournament. So to me, I'm really looking forward to that semifinal matchup. But while we're talking about top RU wrestlers, let's talk about 141. And what do you see there, John? Obviously, that's Seabass's weight. Yeah, you know, I think um, I looked at this, and I I, I I didn't like the seating here. I thought, you know, number one is Jaden Ironman. Number two is Nick Lee. They put Seabass all the way down at number three. 
I don't think that was the, the right decision. I mean, I, you look at this guy, won two big Big Ten titles, beating Spencer Lee um, and Seth Gross. So I think that that should carry some weight. I definitely think he should be at least number two, Ironman fifth, fourth, third in NCAA. You know, I could see an argument there, but I'm surprised Seabass uh, got, got the third team. Yeah, I, I kind of agree, but at the same time, I see it. I mean, to me, I think Nick Lee's the one. Um, I like Sebastian over Nick Lee. I actually like Sebastian Rivera's resume a lot better. To me, Jay Nyman, I hate to say it, John, not to disagree with you, and I'm all in on Seabass, okay? I think he can win the whole damn thing. But to me, Ironman right now is the hottest wrestler in this weight class. This is a kid who's knocked off Yanni in his career. Yanni's only loss. And again, I'm not saying that the, the two things equate to each other. Um, but we're talking about a world-class wrestler here. So I don't have an issue of getting Ironman in the top seat here. He's been wrestling. My issue is the same thing with the rest of this lineup, okay? Seabass, again, hasn't wrestled in five weeks, okay? He's already had one match where he looked a little bit rusty. I'm trying to think. I, I think it was at, at the Purdue duel where he won 6-5 and basically kind of squeaked his way out of it. So I would have liked to have seen Sebastian wrestle a little bit more going into this tournament. But this guy's a gamer, man. I mean, he's the kind of wrestler who could not wrestle for, for two months, come out and win the whole damn thing. So to me, I think he can take Nick Lee. Um, the problem is he's got to get past Ironman, and that's going to be an interesting bout. I mean, let's see what he can bring. I mean, this is this is a guy who's knocked off the greatest wrestler in the world right now in, uh, in um, 125. So he's capable of anything. But, you know, I think it's Ironman's right now to win. But, hey. Seabass is going to qualify, so let's get that out of the way. Like 133, yeah. there's mm-hmm. basically a 0% chance that, that Rivera's not going to the NCAAs, okay? It's just whether or not he can go out there and knock off Jaden Ironman. And we're going to see. Yeah. Let him wrestle. Yeah, so I, I agree. I think this this weight is great. You know, it's just like the national tournament and the Big Tens uh, with those three. Chad Red's in there, too. Let's not yep. forget about him. Um, moving on to 149, uh, you know, this weight, again, another very solid weight. Uh, they're taking top eight here. We're now top seven here. This is one weight where they're only taking top seven. I think you're going to see a couple at-large bids come from this weight class, too, just because it is so deep. Um, you got uh, Mike Van Broek uh, came with the number eight seed. Um, he has uh, Graham Brooks' first match. Wins that. He gets the number one guy in the country, Sammy Sasso. Um, so that's going to be a, a, a tough matchup for him. You know, what what do you see in this way there? Well, two things. A, I like the first matchup. I think he's going to take Rooks. No pro- um, I won't say no problem. That's unfair. But I, I like his chances in that opening round. I think he gets that, you know, th- that next round. Sammy Sasso, listen, I, I, I've already made the statement. I don't think he's winning it this year. Um, I think with Van Brill's style, he's capable of catching anyone. The upset, when I think of all the number one ranked wrestlers that we would have a matchup, this is probably one we've got a good probability of at least, you know, coming to show up. So odds are against him winning winning that match anyway. But even in the Russell backs, I look at some of the names here. Muren's a tough out of Iowa, so I'm not going to touch that. But, you know, Griffin Perry, he's a tough wrestler, but we've already t- we talked about that, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think he's got revenge in his mind. I think he's more than capable of winning that match. The kid from Northwestern is a tough wrestler, but I think he could take that. Store's tough for Michigan. Um, obviously love it from Nebraska. Point I'm getting here, John, is I'm looking at the top seven in front of him. I think outside of Sasso, maybe Murin, 
I don't like the matchup with Storm, but for the most part, he can knock off any one of these guys. So to me, I actually wouldn't be surprised to see Van Bril finish in that top six, okay, and get the automatic qualifier. I think he's going to get at least two wins this weekend. I think it would be a disappointment if he didn't. He's wrestled really tough this year, okay? He keeps everything close. I think Mike Van Bril, whether he he gets in the top eight or not, is going to get an at-large bill, bill regardless. So I like Michael Van Bril's chances of making the national tournament at 80%. Getting through this, I think about 70% of getting the top eight. Yeah, and we'll go back. Another guy that, that's, a, you know, another two guys. Um, you got to know there's number 11, Bo Bartlett from Penn State. He can make some moves. And I talked about it last time on the show. Um, number 10, Peyton Omania. Um, I, I was high on him. I said he was a sleeper. You know, what happened against number five, Keenan Scorer? Two left-handed headlocks. Uh, he got it done. I was, you know, high on him the last show. I think that's something where you're not seeing these guys that have a lot of ability have that year where they build that resume throughout the year. I think he's somebody that if it was a different year and he wrestled a full season, he'd be ranked uh, fairly high, top 12 at least. Um, but, um, you know, he comes in at the 10th seed in, in the yeah, that's that's what we call pulling a Darian Caldwell, man, with the left left uh, handed headlocks. But yeah, I'll exactly. say this too: it goes both ways, John. Uh, a lot of guys who come out of the gate firing, okay, and people kind of scope them out, see what they got. That also works against you. Tail end of the season, you start hitting a brick wall. You start taking those bad losses. Um, we saw that at 157 with the kid from Ohio State. So I think it goes both ways. But yeah, I agree with you. This is a guy who can go out there and catch anybody and go on a little bit of a tear. So again, it's definitely not a weak weight class, but I like Michael Van Bril's chances. Yeah, I agree. Um, let's move over to 157. Uh, Kenny Yard, he's not... Rutgers is not entering a, a person in the tournament, so they're hoping uh, Kenny Yard could get that uh, wild card bid. Um, what do you think his chances are of that, Eric? You know, let's take a step back because I, I wish we were not even having this discussion. And it's been made known now, I think his, his mom came out on social media and basically stated that Robbie had gotten COVID, I guess, a couple of months ago. And on one of these tests, he came positive. I don't know if it was a false positive or just a residual of his original test, but he's had five straight tests, all five negatives. He's been asymptomatic in both cases. And listen, John, you and I talked about this going back to the Big Tens last year when this first became, you know, a big issue around the country with the pandemic on the rise. And, and we're not, we, neither one of us took this lightly. <clears throat> At the same time, is it seven days? Is it 10 days with the CDC? Is it 14? No, the Big Ten says we're going to double it up and go 17, okay? I just don't like what happened to Robbie Kennard here. And I, I, I don't want to start picking in terms of whether this is the right thing or the wrong thing to do. All I know is the Big Ten has been a bit hypocritical. Ohio State was not supposed to be a qualifier for the national you know, playoffs. They broke their own rules to let Ohio State in. I tend to agree with that. And we're talking about NCAA football because I think it would have been a sin to keep Ohio State out of it when all the players were healthy. But the Big Ten to me this year has just thrown a lot of air balls in how they've handled this crisis. And to me, Robbie Kennard should be wrestling this weekend, okay? We shouldn't be having this conversation. He should be wrestling this weekend. With that said, what do I think his chances are? Here's the downside. There's basically six at-large bids available, okay? If you look at the EIWAs, and I'm not going to go through the names, but I'm looking at the guys who qualified. Um, Plumbo, Heller's a solid wrestler. Where I think of the kid from Navy, um, Frenzy from Lehigh, Cropman from Drexel, you know, he hasn't wrestled these guys, but I think Kennard can basically take three or five of these guys to begin with, but there's nothing we can do about that. Hartman of Army basically defaulted out of it, so he's going to get an at-large billet. 
So that leaves about five. You've got Vanderweer Stanford. He's at 13 in the country. He doesn't have an automatic qualifier. Rufin, who's at 17, he doesn't have an automatic qualifier. And the only thing you've got on Kennard's resume is his big win against Cleary. The problem is Cleary's lost three of his last five. He goes on a run in this bracket this weekend at 157 places top eight does that make that win look better does it then knock somebody out who's going to get an at-large bid I don't know John so to me this is a complete mess for him it's unfortunate to me he's a national level wrestler unfortunately I'll be frank I'm just looking at what's available I don't see it how it happens yeah yeah we'll see we'll have to keep our fingers crossed there um yeah we would love to be seeing him wrestling this weekend uh, let's move on to 165. We got um, uh, Brett Donner's 13th seed. He's going to be taking on uh, number four. He gets uh, Cam and Lee, and that was a tough match for him last time. Um, really want to get your, your feel on this way. Uh, Alex Marinelli, the number one uh, seeded wrestler. What do you think about 65? Well, when you look at 65, it's the same thing. You've got to look at who Donner can knock out here. You, you know, to get in that top eight, you've got to get, A, you've got to win at least. First of all, there's a, you know, you look at his chances against Amin and, and they're low. Um, but they, again, he's the younger uh, of the family. So anything can happen. Donner does have experience here. He's a strong, tough wrestler. Okay. To me, it's, he's capable of, of knocking off Amin. I honestly think he is. Okay. But the, the odds are against him. So when you look in terms of the Russell backs, you got he's got to win at least two matches here. Guys like Peyton Robert, tough. Um, I actually think the kid Nick South from Indiana is a tough wrestler. And you know my feeling on me and House from Purdue. This is a young, tough wrestler who, to me, is going to have a bright future, not just in this in, in this weight class, but just in, in wrestling in general. There's a lot of guys here that Bron Donner's going to have to go through. To me, if he doesn't place top eight, I don't think he's got the resume to go ahead and get a, get a at-large bid. So his chances are probably less than 50%. But as I said, Donner is a tough South Jersey shore wrestler, okay? And to me, I want to see him come out here and just, as I said in our little previews, go ahead and shock the world, okay? I'm behind him. I want to see him do it. I think there is some opportunity between that six and 12 rankings. I think those guys, he, he can knock a couple of these guys out. Like I said, I don't like the matchup with Nian House, but to me, he's going to have to get it done to wrestlebacks. He needs at least two wins here. It's possible, and I think it's probably less than 50%. No, that's, yeah, I agree. I think he has a tough go. I think Ryan Deacon, he's, a, he's or I think, um, sorry, Alex Marinelli is a class of this uh, 20. I think he's going to kind of run through it. Um, a lot of tough guys up there that he would have to, uh, that the Donner's going to have to bust through to, to get in that top eight. Um, so let's move on. 174, um, Jackson Turley is a seventh seed. Um, you know, his first match will be against, um, the 10th seed Drew Hughes. Uh, what are your thoughts on that match? I know Hughes is a hammer on top. Um, yeah. Turley's tough. Um, I, I think that that's a little bit of a tough draw for Turley. I think he just needs to stay out of bottom because um, Hughes does have, I think these other guys, I think he'll be much easier. But I do think uh, Turley gets that first match done, and I'm looking forward to that Mikey Labriola quarterfinal. Yeah, I hate this draw. 
I, I, this is, if I'm looking at the, all the draws here, obviously some of them are just, we're going to happen anyway. I mean, you, you knew um, yep. Donna was going to, was going to pull a mean there, but I just don't like this draw. We, we, when we talked about, I think the, the opening season podcast we did, I mentioned that Drew Hughes was one of the guys at 174 that I think could be a dark horse. Um, we've already talked about that Michigan state program and shout out to Corey Posey um, of Westfield, how they're starting to rebuild kind of this lineup. They're becoming, and as I said, it's, it's another program on the rise that you're gonna have to deal with in the big 10 i agree with you i think jackson trolley is really starting to come onto his own last year he probably had no business at 165 this is a guy who's a 180 pounder in high school okay he's a strong tough kid really exciting i mean jackson can just light it up okay when he's on okay so you never know he may go out there and just catch drew hughes in the first period and put him on his back okay i would not put it put it against him so to me i i agree with you i think the way jackson's wrestling right now i think you know i'm gonna give him this first round and I think he's capable of going on a run here. I think of all the young wrestlers in this lineup for, for Rutgers, obviously Kemmer and Labriola are in a class on their own here. Logan Masters, obviously, you know what I thought of him. He, he's kind of fallen back a little bit. Um, the kid from Penn State has just been, he's just been rocking it. So that top four is tough. But outside of that, I don't think there's anyone in this weight class that I think is a clear cut favor over Jackson Turley. So I like him making a run in, the, in this group. Um, with that said, if for whatever reason he gets caught in, in the Russell backs and doesn't get in that top eight, I like his resume so far this year, this, this, this season to get the, uh, the at-large bid. I like Jackson Trilly's chances. I wouldn't be surprised if he's top four, top six this weekend. Yeah, I think he can make a good run here. I do look at, this is a really fun weight, I would say. There's a lot of, a lot of upsets that could happen here. Yep. You look at number three, uh, he lost at number five, uh, Washington. I think there's a lot of guys that could pull off some upsets here, including Jackson Turley and uh, just make some noise and knock off some of these bigger guys. So I'm looking forward to 174. That's, uh, that's going to be a good weight. Um, so let's start about 184. 80, 84, right? We got John Paz, fifth seed. Um, you know, getting in, you know, I think he gets first match. He will get the number 12 seed. He gets Caden uh, Bullock from Michigan. He had no trouble with him in the dual meet. I don't see him having no trouble. I'm looking forward to that quarterfinal, getting that, running that one back against Owen Webster. I think that's going to be a, a good match. I've seen see what um, Paz could do. I think he learned a lot from that match. Um, you look, you got seated above Taylor Benz. Taylor Benz is a returning All-American. Um, so this is another weight that is uh, very even. Um, you look, nine Nelson Brands, 10 Rocky Jordan. You know, what are your thoughts about Paz's chances? And, um, you know, I think wrestling above his seed or below his seed, what are, you, what are your thoughts? So, A, I think Paz is one of those other wrestlers. I think the top three or four I said was going to be probably at a very high to almost 100% chance of qualifying. So I think John Paz, one way or the other, is going to the national tournament. I think we feel pretty confident about that. He's had enough big wins early in the season to basically establish himself. I love the first-round matchup, like you said. And to me, I mean, he didn't even show necessary butterflies in that first match, but you mm -hmm. didn't even see – um, the John Paz that he's growing into, you know, the next two or three matches. So I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he even widens the gap uh, against the kid from Michigan in that opening match. And I agree with you. I mean, all I'm going to say is I want to see this rematch. Okay. I think we saw a fresh mistake from Paz. He was going to have the riding time. He is more than capable of with 45 seconds left when they went out of bounds, riding him out, getting that minute before he let him out. I think he got a little overconfident in the sense that he thought he felt good on his feet. He's been wrestling really well on his feet this year. We know he's got lightning feet, and that, that was a lot of the work he's put in over the last couple of years. 
Um, that dangerous ankle pick is re is reattacks. So I think you're going to see all that. The only thing that bothers me here, and again, it's the common theme. You're talking about a true freshman who has not wrestled at the collegiate level in five weeks. Okay, that could be a good thing. So he's not going to get that freshman hitting the wall, which happens to everybody. Okay, he avoids that. At the same time. This was a wrestler starting to come onto his own early in his career and really starting to raise eyebrows and bam, five weeks of no wrestling. So to me, I think he wins his first two matches. I think he's going to get the big, um, the big rebound against, against Webster here. I, I like his chances here. I listen, I don't want to sound corny and I'm, I'm a homer, obviously. Um, he's a Yale street guy. You know how I feel about John Paz. Aaron Brooks is tough as hell, but there's nothing stopping Paz from making the finals of this to me. Yeah, no, I hear you. I hear you. Um, yeah, I think he, I think he has a great chance. Um, you know, this is a interesting, you know, interesting weight class. Lot, lot of depth. Um, Paz has been looking good, and I, I hope he's just getting better. Um, so we're, we're gonna see how that one goes. Uh, let's go to 197. This is a weight. I'm very disappointed that there's only six auto qualifiers. I feel like this weight deserves eight at least, maybe even nine, and you know, probably getting one or two. I think it makes it very tough for Danzer. Danzer, it makes it much tougher than it should be for Danzer to get a, a qualification where, you know, normally getting a ninth place finish, maybe you don't get the automatic one, but you get one of those um, uh, at-large bids. But he's going to have to do some work to get an automatic bid. Um, a lot of tough guys here. Kane Caffey, he did beat him last year, um, but he's, he's a four seed. Um, you got Eric Schultz and Miles Amin. They are two top uh, top in line for the national title, uh, right up there in the top of the bracket. You know, what are your thoughts about this weight and Andrew's chance to, to get uh, into that top six? Well, what was John Paz's gain? Uh, gain, I should say, with Miles Amin drop going up to 197 is Billy Jander's loss. And you're absolutely right. When you consider Amin is in this weight class, and Michael Beard of Penn State is the, is the seventh seed. How the heck does this thing not have at least eight automatic qualifiers? I agree with you. Um, but again, it's, I mean, what are you going to do? Uh, like I said, the, the weight swap kind of happened probably around the time where they made the automatic qualifiers. I think Beard, I mean, this is a guy who's, who's going to, who's going to make a run at All-American this year. And that's the other thing here. You talk about matchups. I don't love the Janzer-Beard matchup here. It's going to be tough. Um, it's hard for me to say, John. I mean, Janzer really needed to grow into this weight class this year, okay? And he showed early on that he needed to make some adjustments, okay? He was going to have to develop his offensive leg attacks. He has not had the opportunity to do that because, quite frankly, he hasn't had the opportunity to wrestle, okay? I think of all the guys who are probably going to hit hardest um, outside of, obviously, Kennard, of not having wrestling time and making the national qualifiers, Billy Janzer, because this weight class is one he had to grow into. He hasn't had that opportunity. With that said, he had, I thought he had a really good freshman season last year. I think he's got a little bit of a name recognition if he does not break into that top eight, top seven. So I think if he picks off a win or two here and gets an upset, I don't see why he can't get in that large bid, depending on how he performs. But I look at some of the guys here, like Thomas Panola. I mean, that's 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 a tough matchup, okay? There's a lot of tough matchups up and down this weight class. It's a shame they're not automatically qualifying eight. But listen, Janzer's a tough wrestler. Janzer keeps it close with guys. Um, I wish he had a couple of weeks to really get used to the weight. I think he's got a fighter's chance here. We're going to have to see them wrestle. But to what you said, it's a tough, strong weight class. And obviously, he's going to have to break in that top eight or hope for the automatic or for the uh, at-large bid. 
No, I agree. I think he's going to, you know, I, I feel like Kansas is going to pull through here and get, yeah. uh, you know, get in, a, get, get in the top eight. And I do think that there's, you know, I was looking at some of the other brackets. I know you were going through 57 and 65. It's a little tougher. But this weight class, I think, um, you know, I, I do think that they are going to get a lot of at-large bids coming from the Big Ten. So I, I think they are going to end up getting uh, three, hopefully at least three, maybe even four at-large bids coming. Yeah, I, I think that's a fair point, John. And quite frankly, like I said, if Janzer pulls off a minimum of two wins in this bracket, I don't know how you can keep him out, okay? Um, and unfortunately, I haven't gone through, like I did at 157, who's really out there right now, and I don't know what's going to happen because 197 in the, on the um, Big 12s is really tough. You've got four, I'm going to get into that later, but you've got mm -hmm. four world-class wrestlers there. So yeah. to me, there's going to be guys that if they get knocked off, um, could take a spot, but I agree with you. I think if Janzer pulls a couple of wins together here, I think given the fact that he was a qualifier last year, I don't see how they keep him out of the tournament. Mm -hmm. All right, so let's get to the big boys. You got um, 285 pals. We know Gable's the man in this weight. Mason Paris is the second seed. Um, Christian Colucci is the 11th seed, so he's going he's gonna to draw Hilger. Trent Hilger's tough, but, you know, this weight is pretty loaded. Um, there's no... Uh, you know, there's no easy match here. So what are your thoughts about, um, you know, about uh, let's let's talk about Colucci first and then we'll get into this heavyweight field. This is a tough field for uh, the Big Ten. Yeah, so Colucci was obviously given that medical red shirt to come back for his last year, and now is it his last year? Next year is going to be his last year. You know, it's it's with this free year, it's, it's hard to really gauge that. But um, there's a couple of things I want to point out. One, Kirk Flitt from Penn State is now wrestling, okay? This guy comes in at the seventh seed. He's a depending on what you think about the Cassiope from Iowa, let's say he's the fourth best wrestler in this weight class. Okay. He's arguably the, the third best weight class in this wrestler. And he's, 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 he's seated seven. So aside from that, your top three curvelet Hilger's a tough wrestler. You know, I, I think Colucci there's, there's nothing stopping him from his style, his experience. He keeps matches close. I think he's a gamer. I thought he had a hell of a tough matchup with Paris, but he wrestled tough. He avoided the major in that match. So to me, I'm hoping he puts it together, puts together a couple of wins at minimum, makes a run at that top eight here. So I think he's got a fighter's chance here, to be honest with you, because I don't think, I think there's a lot of studs at the very top. Obviously the kid from Penn state, you know, you know, coming in and signing you know, he's going to wrestle this year. That throws a little bit of a wild card here. But I think Colucci's got a puncher's chance to actually go ahead and, and make and put together two or three wins here. He could get the upset in the first round, okay? Colucci has shown us he can step up. He's beaten top 20 competition before, okay? Um, he's a veteran. He's a strong wrestler. He's he's grown into this weight. So to me, I'm going to, I'm going to take a wild, wild card shot here and say that he actually gets in through the automatic qualifier. Yeah, I think that would be great. I do think um, he needs to knock some of these guys off. Um, yeah, it's a tough, tough weight class. Um, but you're right. He, he keeps it close with a lot of these guys. And he just needs to get that one little off to get over over the edge and get that takedown, uh, get something to, to score some points and, and get over the edge. So looking forward to that. Um, you mentioned Kirk Fleet. Um, Kirk Fleet, for people that don't know, 2-0 um, on the year. He beat the two guys from Maryland. Did not think he was wrestling. Um, most people would say that he's probably the only guy that they think they could challenge uh, Mason Paris or 
Uh, Gable Stevens saying Kirk Fleet is a real deal. He's a 17 in the tournament. That lights up a uh, very, uh, very good matchup in the quarterfinals. Um, you know, Mason and Kirk Fleet, you know, what, what are your thoughts there? Do you think he has a shot to take out Mason Harris in the quarters? I think this, this, I think he's got a shot at taking out anybody. Okay. Mm -hmm. I still think Gable's the, the, the cream of the crop here. Um, I said at the very beginning of the season that nobody was in his universe. And I put Mason Paris in that equation. Paris is slowly, but surely literally improving. Okay. When I say improving, I don't mean a knock. He's obviously the number two wrestler in this weight class, but he's really starting to pick up his, in his game. And you said it earlier, John, you said he probably doesn't take him this year but maybe two, three years down the line, once we start talking about the international scene, is Mason Paris going to grow into grow into this class and take him down the line? I hate to say it. I, I like, I've watched him a little bit now. I like the way he's wrestling. I like his style. Um, at the same time, this kid from Penn State is dangerous, okay? Um, and a lot of people haven't really seen him yet. So listen, he could flake out because obviously he hasn't got a lot of mat time yet and against one of the top two. But I think, I personally think he's the third best wrestler in this weight class. Yeah, no, I agree with you. So, yeah, Big Ten wrap. I think um, looking forward to it. I'll be hanging out this weekend. Hopefully nice weather. I'll get, get a little outside setup uh, going going to watch the map. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, so let's move on. Let's go to this uh, Midland Lion Wrestling Club, uh, February 5th, uh, or no, February 23rd. Um, there were some some great matchups there. We, we we didn't get a chance to talk about that yet. Let's go over a couple matchups from that current card. First off, right off the bat, heavyweight freshman from New Jersey, uh, uh, Mullen comes in and pins the number one wrestler in the, the country, Chase Horn. You know, what were your thoughts on that match? You know, what are your thoughts about uh, Jersey wrestling at heavyweight? I know they have uh, the guy from High Point too, just beat Mullen. Um, so what what are your thoughts there? Well, don't forget a, a, a young wrestler by the name of Keontae Hamilton as well, okay, who sits on the top there. Um, going to come play football for Rutgers, going to wrestle for Rutgers. So to yeah. me, there's a lot of stud heavyweights when you look at this these high school rankings. But, yeah, that was a hell, hell of a win, okay, coming in and knocking this guy off. I mean, just exciting stuff. And that's why we do these cards, John, um, because they're fun to watch. Um, I, You know, freestyle wrestling, I have a love-hate relationship with it, to be frank, okay, but what I love about it is that's where you can see kind of the fireworks happen in these, in these, these big upsets take place. So to me, I think it was a great event, a great win, for, great win for the guy. Um, but again, I, I, I'm going to take it out of the limb and say, you're right. There's just Jersey wrestling is tough. We can, we can roll with anyone and I'll leverage that to another tough wrestler, which is Shane Van Ness. What do you think of him? Oh man. I mean, you know, uh, I'm biased here because I wrestled with his dad, Rodney, and Rodney was always tough. But this guy is the truth, man. I mean, he went out there against uh, Josh Sanders and, you know, not impressed that he beat Josh Sanders. The way he beat Josh Sanders is what's impressive. He, he just totally broke him in that second period. He was winning in the first period, kind of close. And then the second period, he just turned it on and you know, it looked like he could go another three periods and check for him again. I mean, he just is a buzzsaw. He's a monster. He just keeps going. I, you know, I see this guy, Shane Ness. you know, you're, you, you got to look at him now and say, there's going to be multiple NCAA titles with this kid. He's going in Penn State with Kale. We know what they do with talent. Um, I don't, I mean, I, I'm really excited to, to watch this guy in the next couple of years. 
Yeah, I don't have much more to add there. Obviously, you know, we, we both know Rodney. Um, he's doing a hell of a job down. You know, he's been working with a lot of young wrestlers um, at his club. Shane's been very involved with that as well. So really a lot of Jersey roots there. Obviously, we would have liked, you know, the opportunity for him to stay home and wrestle for Rutgers, but you, you can't fault the guy for going to the number one program in the country. Um, his style of wrestling, to be frank, really fits the Penn State mold, okay? He's very aggressive, very offensive, very exciting. So listen, it's going to be hard for me to root for him simply because it's harder to root for Penn State, even though you got to respect him. But yeah, I agree with you. It's, it's the way he's winning his matches right now. I mean, he's a collegiate wrestler. And I go back to, we talked about John Paz earlier, what he did in the state tournament last year, where basically he treated the state tournament like you and I, John, would treat the districts. I mean, just blew through it, okay? Um, and to me, you look at these young Jersey wrestlers and they're just so exciting. And yeah, I'm Really looking forward to what Shane Van Ness can do at, at PSU. And I think he's, he's just going to be an exciting guy. And just the rich keep on getting richer. Oh, exactly, exactly. So yeah. so moving on, another another big name on the card. We had uh, Kyle Snyder. He got three wins. Six one over Nate Jackson. Uh, yeah. Scotty, 11-0 uh, over Scotty Boykin. And then he uh, tech-fold uh, Gabe Dean. Um, do you see anything from Snyder? I know Jackson also had a match with uh, Jaden Cox. That's yeah, the match that everyone's looking at is um, Jaden Cox or Snyder. Anything, uh, uh, those matches tell you anything about the, uh, with the common opponent, anything about uh, Cox or Snyder? Yeah, it's hard because Nate Jackson, first of all, he's a very seasoned international wrestler. And obviously, when you think of Nate Jackson, you don't necessarily think of him in the Jaden Cox uh, or, or the Kyle Snyder. But he's a gamer, man, and, and he's been around a long time. He wrestles everybody tough. He can keep things. He wrestles an extremely good first period. If you remember that match you had with Jaden Cox, where he was basically taking it to the last minute and a half, where you thought he had a shot at this thing. At the same time, and we're going to talk about Kyle Dake in a second, Jaden Cox is another wrestler. You can't really analyze his close wins, okay, because he's a very strong defensive wrestler. He's nearly impossible to knock off his base. Um, he is very comfortable with taking a one-point match into the last 30 seconds and, and winning it against anybody. So to yeah. me, this is a case where the common matchups, I, I don't know what to take out of it. Kyle Snyder's Kyle Snyder. This is a guy who's a heavyweight, wrestles like a 145-pounder. Um, you know, his leg attacks are second to nobody in this division. Obviously, he's not, you know, at the heaviest weight. But um, so to me, I just it, it's hard for me to say. I liked Jaden Cox a year ago, and Kyle Snyder, I mean, this is an Olympic champion, okay? Jaden Cox is a world champion. I thought Jaden Cox has taken it to the next level, and I thought Snyder had a little bit of work to do to come back, but I really liked the way he wrestled at this tournament. I liked the way he wrestled against Nate Jackson. I thought he handled him pretty well, but again, it's hard to compare his win against Nate Jackson and Jaden Cox's simply because it's two distinctive styles. I'm excited to see these two. Hopefully that's going to be a final X matchup. I just think it's a sin that they both can't go and wrestle in the Olympics. No, I agree. I agree. They need to get back to those 10 weight classes, but that match is going to be going to be a, a barn burner. Um, I, I, I agree with you. I think um, tough to take the common opponents because Jaden is so good defensively. And if he needed another three takedowns, he probably would have gotten it. Yeah. Um, and let's, other, talk about that. let's talk about Kyle Dake, John, because we're talking about tough defensive wrestlers. Um, and I'll jump ahead. Obviously, Kyle Dake went 2-1 on the day. But really, I think the matchup we talked about was Jason Nolf. Now, we yeah. both agreed that most likely Nolf would keep it tight, but eventually Dake was going was to win this one. 
Right now, he's probably the superior international wrestler, superior freestyle wrestler. He still has, I think, a little bit more man strength on Jason Nolf. And obviously, Kyle Dake Bombs came, came to show because he did his patented, you know, throw over exactly like you caught Jordan Burroughs. Um, came right out with the 4 nothing lead. But after that, John, not a lot of scoring, okay? So he had the, you know, and but that's Dake. Again, it's hard to say, did Jason Nolf just come back and keep it close? And this was really more of a one-point match because he just gave up the big, you know, big throw. But for the most part, he was very offensive, Nolf. I really like the gas tank on this kid. He was going after Dake to the final 30 seconds. But again, Kyle Dake's the kind of wrestler, if he's up for nothing, he's not going to take chances, okay? Different than Jaden Cox, I think he's got a little bit more offense when he needs it than maybe Jaden Cox does, but very similar, very strong base is not going to make mistakes. You give this guy a two point lead, let alone a four point lead. You're not winning. Okay. Um, on the positive Jason Nolf, I think this kid's for real in international wrestling. I thought he really showed well in this matchup. He still is not quite at Kyle Dake's level, but I think, you know, he was a little banged up um, last year. He didn't show as well during the, uh, the runs up to Tokyo, and obviously that kind of got pushed off to, to coming up for this year. But I think Jason Dolph's looking really strong, okay? He had an earlier win, um, you know, against the Oklahoma State wrestler earlier in the year. So I like Jason Nolf long-term, but obviously Kyle Dake to me is still, still the cream of the crop here. The question for me is, is, John, based off what you've seen from Dake, especially this past weekend, and what you saw with Jordan Burroughs versus uh, David Taylor, to me, I thought Burroughs looked great against Taylor. He was giving up at least 15 pounds, okay? Um, what are your thoughts on how those two guys matched up since we've seen both of them pretty recently? You know, I hate uh, stealing, your, stealing your argument before, and, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking Burroughs is going to pull it off. I think when you look at the matches, the matches are more telling because Burroughs was coming back in that David Taylor match and was taking him down, and you're talking about Burroughs going up a weight to go against the number one guy in the world at that weight class. It's 20-something pounds above him versus Dake competing against as great as Jason Nolf is. He hasn't proven himself internationally yet. But same thing. Dake is a very um, defensive wrestler. So Dake is comfortable there. Um, I didn't see anything from Nolf that said I was going to score here. So Dake was very happy with just hanging out, taking that 5 nothing lead and, and winning the match that way. Um, I don't think he was ever in danger. So I think it's going to be a tight match. I'm, I'm still... I would say nothing really changed in my opinion based off of those two matches, but I think, I think JB is going to get it done. And he's, I think he's going to be a squeaker. It's probably going to go three matches, uh, but I think Jordan Burroughs gets two out of three. Yeah. And it's amazing. The ageless wonder, which is Jordan Burroughs. I mean, I think he's so hungry to make up for what he did in the last Olympic games. This was a guy who wanted to be in the names of the John Smiths and the bum Gardeners, Okay. He wanted to be part of, he really wants to be the goat. Um, so to me, I think he's got so much fire in his belly to go after Dake and, and claim his throne. Um, but we'll, we'll see what happens. I mean, I, I think it's going to be a tight batch. I told you from the beginning, I still think Burroughs is, is, is going to take it. I love the way he held serve against, uh, well, I won't say held serve because he got the loss, but it was a criteria loss. And to me, in freestyle, criteria loss to me is six of one. Um, but if he can hold off uh, Taylor, who's been, to me, grown into one of the top wrestlers in the world, that shows a lot. But again, you can't necessarily compare the two because different styles of wrestling. Um, Taylor's a much different kind of wrestler than Dake is. Um, but again, it's, it's going to be exciting. Um, so, so moving on, uh, there's one match I want to briefly talk about, actually two. 
Um, but I want to go to another Penn State wrestler, which is Bo Nickel. Obviously, he had Gabe Dean. And I thought this was an interesting matchup, John, because Bo Nickel showed as great as Bo is. And he was such an exciting folk style wrestler. OK, I actually liked him in folk style more than Jason Ulf. And obviously, they were the one two punch. But he definitely showed his inexperience in freestyle and the international scene. Gabe Dean showed his experience. Nickel was very aggressive. He was trying to work his picks, working his crotch. He was pushing Gabe Dean to the side. And you just saw Dean did a nice job of edge wrestling, get the push out, really caught Bo, Bo, Bo Nickel off guard there. Ends up with the win, even though Bo Nickel was the aggressor. So to me, I think Bo Nickel's still got a long way here, not because of talent, simply because he's going to have to make the tra transition to freestyle wrestling. I think he's got a little bit of work to do. The question is, does he stick with her as he go MMA? Your thoughts? Um. Yeah, I agree. I think I think uh, Nichols going to be one and done for the Olympics. He's going to give it a shot, and and that's it. I think he's. I, I think if Nichols stayed with freestyle, he would develop into a, a top freestyle wrestler. I, I think he's going to go right into MMA. I think he's going to do very well in MMA. I think Jiu Jitsu is going to be on point, just his style being funky like he is. Um, I think he's going to do very well. Um, I agree with you. I think he showed a little inexperience and he probably would need another two years or three years to be really a top international wrestler. I don't think we're going to see it because I think he's going to make that transition over to MMA right after yeah. this. Yeah, I agree with you. I think Bo Nichols' style, if you look at all the wrestlers, not just on this card, but in general, who you would think who's going to make a transition. I know we've heard rumblings about Nick Soriano. Um, I don't think anyone transitions better right now than Bo Nickel. I agree. His style of wrestling. Um, and I think he's a tough SOB. I mean, this is a guy, I, I don't know a lot. I know he's done some work on, on boxing on the side, trying to develop his striking. So be curious to see what kind of striking he develops. But let's, let's be honest, okay? Ben Askren wasn't a striker, okay? Mm -hmm. But he had a let's take the knee out of it. Okay. Cause I think that was one of those just freakish things. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I don't even want to touch that, but for the most part, like Astrid, very strong, tough chin kid. I think he's the kind of guy who can take it and give it. So yeah, I tend to agree with you. I, th I think Nichols going to give it a run, but then if, if it doesn't happen, he's going to move on to MMA. Yeah. And honestly, I think, you know, one thing about Ben Askren, um, he was just like, it's a different type of wrestler he was than Bo Nickel. Askren was, you know, kind of like very funky in the scrambles and everything else. Bo Nickel is a very flashy wrestler, like more, I, you know, it's tough. I, I'm, I'm not going to say Ben Askren is not athletic, but it's more like that flashy athleticism that Nickel kind of shows with his wrestling that I think is going to transfer a little better to the striking side of things and everything else, just being so fast. Like Askren wasn't the fastest guy. Nickel is very quick and fast. So I think he's going to pick up the striking pretty quickly. I, I just see him, you know, the question is always the chin, right? If he has a chin, I think he developed all those other skills and uh, moves on to be a, a very, very elite MMA fighter. I'm looking forward to seeing that. And hey, speaking of MMA, stack card this weekend with the UFC. Man. Yeah, talk about that. Why don't you walk through the preliminaries first? Because I know we got three big title fights coming up. Uh, what do you see in the prelims? Yeah, so prelims. One thing I'm very excited about, you know, Philly's own Sean Brady, 13-0, very quietly became a 13-0 fighter. I, You know, he's at 170. He takes on Jake Matthews, 17-4. You know, that's going to be an interesting fight. Matthews has a three-fight win streak. You know, uh, 
Sean Brady, I trained with this guy way back when he first started uh, started his pro career. And he, at that time, you just see that you saw the development in him. He didn't wrestle didn't wrestle at a high level before, but that wrestling was developing, the striking developing, extremely strong guy, black belt in jiu-jitsu. I see this guy uh, making a run eventually to, to be a title contender. Um, he's on the prelims. Keep an eye on him from Philly. Also, you got Dominic Cruz coming back after almost a year off. Um, you know, he says ring rust isn't a thing. I know he had some big breaks and injuries uh, throughout his career. He's taking on Chase Kenny, uh, 15 and 2. That's going to be an exciting bell. Um, I see Dominic Cruz taking that bell as well. So, so talk about Cruz because obviously we've we've seen him some of the tough. The, the, the top opponents when they take that year off, okay, where they've got some injuries, if they've got a little bit of rust, okay, you don't think that's going to have that much of an effect, or you think he's able to just because of the matchup, he's going to be fine. You know, I think uh, I, you know, I seen Ring Russ happen. Cruz's statement is there's no such thing as Ring Russ. He came back after I think a five year layoff, and he got a, a beautiful win, and that that made him famous for that. Um, yep. I think most people it affects. Uh, Cruz is a veteran. I mean, he's been. He's been doing this a long time. Um, I don't think it's going to affect him with this fight. Um, again, if he was going against a top five contender, maybe, um, you know, his last loss was to Cejudo. Um, so um, uh, Chase Kenny is a tough opponent, not at that top caliber level. Um, so I think uh, I think Dominic Cruz is going to take this one. All right. What do you think of the, the title fights? Yeah, so first off, um, Peter Yan versus Aljamain Sterling, Aljamain Catrary fighting championship uh, yep. championship guy. Um, finally getting his shot. Tough wrestler. Yan is tough. He hasn't lost since 2014. So, you know, I think I might be making this pick a little more with my heart here, but I think Aljo could get this done if he gets it to the ground. Um, he he uh, his jujitsu is coming along. He, he just got a submission over uh, Sam Hagen uh, to get the title fight. So I think uh, you know I'm gonna go with Aljo in that fight. Uh, next fight you got Amanda Nunes versus Megan Anderson. Um, I'll tell you what I'll go back. Uh, you know I was training for a fight. I went to MMA Masters in Florida, and this was before Nunes was even in the UFC. She was there, and I saw her kicking the pads, and it was so loud. And I I'll be honest, I was like, man. I hope I don't spar with her because it was loud. I was like, who the hell is this girl hitting yeah. these leg kicks? Like the pads were just so loud, so crisp. She is, uh, you know, firepower. Um, I, I think she takes out Megan Anderson. Megan, Megan Anderson, if she has a shot to win, she's going to have to take a, take her into deep waters and try to uh, tire her down for the third period. But I see uh, Nunez as being another class. And then in the main event of the evening, you have Dan Berkowitz versus um, Israel Adesanya. Um, you know, champion versus champion matchup, matchup, 185 versus 205. Um, I think Adesanya, um, he just looks scary, man. He he has such dynamic striking. I think he's going to be able to close the distance. I don't think the weight's going to be that big of an issue just because the striking is so good. I think he's going to uh, take that one um, probably by knockout at some point. Um, but it's, it's going to be a great card. I'm excited for it. And that's a great point, John. For those who <clears throat> maybe don't have the knowledge of MMA, when, when you're giving up weight as a, as a superior striker, that's where you can really keep them off your body, get the big hit, get the big win. And that's the thing. You want to avoid getting on that mat and, and giving up kind of, kind, of, kind of that mat wrestling 
the weight, getting caught in a scramble. So I tend to agree with you. Get get the strikes going, keep them out bay, get the big knockout, walk away with the win. Oh, I agree, man. I agree. All right. All right, Eric. Great show. I think we're in the sudden victory. You know, what do you want to tell me about the Mac? Let's talk about the Mac. It was hosted by Ryder. It came to Trent last week. 35 wrestlers advanced, including five Broncos, led by 157-pound champ Jesse Delavecchia. As no surprise, John Missouri wins the title, led by Henry Drew Hillbrand and Brock Waller. Central Michigan Ryder round out the top three. And of note, the surprise to me, John, was two strong previous PA programs. Williamsburg and Lockhaven really placed dead last. 28, half, and 15 team points. It's tough to see those programs drop like that. Lockhaven had a rough start there because they came back later in COVID, so hopefully they bounce back next year. So why don't you talk to me about the EIWA? Oh, EIWA. I love the EIWA, man. Uh, you know, tough happy Ivy's out this year, but it was so fun. You know, Navy, uh, led by Kerry Cola, he's turning that program around. They looked like they were going to challenge for the title. Uh, they finished runner-up. You know, not a bad, not a bad place. Had a had a strong point there, but Lehigh got it done. Lehigh uh, took took the title. They qualified all ten wrestlers. Um, anchored by heavyweight Jordan Wood won the title, and uh, it was a, a great matchup. All right, what about the Jersey wrestling, uh, high school wrestling, Eric? Yeah, well, Dean, Dean Peterson, he's out. The country's top 126 pounder in the group in the country. And Chris Nathaniel, he is St. John Gandhi, three-time boss finalist, okay, two-time NJSIAA title. This guy was going for his third title. He's not going to do it. Coming off surgery from the DDS septum. So he's focusing on the junior worlds. He's focusing on moving into his new home in Princeton. And really, what I want to talk about is Princeton wrestling. These guys are really brought to a strong program. New Jersey, John, is really a place to be right now. Uh, between the RMCC partner and Rutgers and obviously Ryder. Gotta love Jersey, how it stands in collegiate wrestling right now, but tough to see Drew Peterson not get a chance to get his third state title. So, John, any big MMA signing you like Oh, yeah, let's let's talk about it. We, we were talking about Richie Lewis last week, knocking off San Diego knocking off the bowl from Iowa. Um, Lewis signed with Titan Fighting Championships. He's going to make his pro debut on March 26th. Um, he's going to get it done. I'm excited to watch that one. Um, you know, I see him doing good things. He's down in Florida training. They're based out of Miami. Um, I see him getting it done. I think he was a tough wrestler. I think that toughness is going to transfer over to MMA. I'm excited to see it. Uh, what about the football there? Well, the fix is in, my man. It's just returning to the mat mid-February. Dayton fixes out to slaughter this competition. Four wins by fall, second period tech fall, but my attention is being paid to 197, where unbeaten South Dakota State hammer Tanner Sloan is going to absolute third this season. He's leading a star set 197 pound class. Includes Noah Adams, Stefan Buchanan, and of course, John's bold pick to be the first five-time NCAA champ, and AJ, I'm too sexy for my car Ferrari. AJ single letters this year came at the hands of Noah Adams early in the year. So before we crown this guy as the next college date, John, let's see if he can get past this group of studs. Yeah, we'll see. All right, John, okay. that wraps it up. Nice, great job. And as always, you follow us on Spotify, YouTube. We're going to see you guys at the Big Ten. John, take it home. All right, guys. Thanks a lot. Breakdown at the barn. Um, yeah, I think uh, great, great wrestling. Big Ten this weekend. Let's see it. Talk to you guys later.